a hand clap of praise. Come on, I was tired today. Just, I guess, life getting to me. But when I, when I started thinking about coming to the house of the Lord, there was something, Brother DJ, inside of me that got excited. Man, I got a stack of stuff that needs to be done. But hey, there's something about getting in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Woo! Then I got here and I began to feel Him. Amen? I began to feel Him in the song and feel Him in the prayer room. And man, I said, you know what? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Man, are you excited to be apostolic? Amen. Well, I want to say that... uh, I count it an honor and a privilege to stand behind this pulpit. Uh, I don't take it lightly. Amen. We've got a uh, we've got a legacy in this church from our man of God and their heritage. And I've been listening to some preaching. And uh, you know, somebody texted me the other day and told me a good thing about somebody. And uh, boy, it's nice to get text messages when somebody says something good about somebody. And uh, he said, well, I wanted to tell you because they won't, they won't toot their own horn. And I said, well, that's, I understand. And, uh, you know, sometimes <laughs> one guy said, well, if anybody else, what did he say? I'm the best around, and if you don't believe it, believe me, ask me, and I'll tell you. Amen. But uh, I've been listening to some messages Brother Caleb Sampson been preaching, uh, teaching Sunday school. I miss a lot of Sunday mornings just up there with the kids. And uh, I just want to say that I'm, I'm proud of our assistant pastor and just kind of walking right in his father's footsteps and preaching the word. Amen. Now listen, I know it's 8.20 on a Tuesday night and I know almost everybody except for the school kids got to get up and go to work tomorrow. So all you school kids are going to stay up late anyways. And uh, y'all get tomorrow night off, so y'all can go home tomorrow night, and I give you permission, you can relax, okay? But tonight, we're going we're gonna to have a little church, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to help somebody. Amen. How many knows there's nothing new in the Word of God? Amen. I don't know how many times I hear Acts 2.38, Brother McKeon, and it still excites me. Amen. I don't know how many times I hear faith. But it still excites me. There's nothing new in the Word of God. So what I've got to share with you tonight may not be anything new, but my hope is, and you may have heard this before, but my hope tonight is to encourage you and let you understand that in the year 2023, we are still victorious. And we still serve a God that doesn't fail. Amen? Amen. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Genesis. Amen. We're going to start in the beginning of the Word of God. Amen. Y'all might be in trouble because I got notes and an iPad. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Man, I there's man. You get to study in the Word, whether you're a preacher or not. You start digging into the Word of God, and it excites you. And Genesis chapter twenty. Man, if you've got it, say Amen. All right, we're going to start at verse 1, and I'm just going to read a few scriptures here. Uh, This will be our launch pad for this evening. Amen. 
And Abraham journeyed from thence towards the south country and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned to Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah his wife, she is, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. For the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, wilt thou slay a righteous nation? Amen. Can you lay your Bibles down for just a minute? Amen. Let's go to the Lord and ask Him to have His way, Pastor, if you'll lead us. Jesus, we come before you today. God, we want you to move in this service tonight. God, let our ears be open to hear the word of the Lord. God, and our hearts willing to receive. God, your word tonight. God, take a call from the altar. name in Jesus name everybody say in Jesus name amen before you're seated uh, I want to I want everybody to repeat the title of my message with me amen the title of my message tonight is simply this because I thought because I thought amen you may be seated amen we uh, we live in a world uh, that uh, it's crazy, amen? And uh, I want to start tonight uh, reading a little story to you. If, if you'll allow your imagination to walk with me in, in this story. This is a true story. Amen. This was wrote in uh, a, a newspaper in January of 1897. Amen. And uh, there's a man by the name of James Payne. James Payne was what we would call homeless, and he was what they would call a hobo. And James was somewhere along the west coast of the United States of America. And back then, they didn't have Ubers, and they didn't have airplanes, but they had trains. And uh, James said, you know what, I think I'm about ready to leave this place. And so he found him a train yard, and he, he said, I'm going to hop me on a train, and I'm going to just take it where it goes, brother man. I don't really care, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head out of here. And James... Uh, he was one of them individuals that he just he took the opportunity he had. He hopped on this car, and to his delight, this boxcar was full of bananas. Now, James happens to be one of those guys that loves bananas. And so not only is he homeless, just taking the scraps of life, there was no shelters and no, no places for him to go, Sister Stephanie. He just took what he got. And so he got in this, this car, and he said, man, I hit the jackpot. And so... James, he got in there and he began to settle back and he began to relax. And he thought, man, this is going to be a good thing. And as they began to travel down the road, uh, he kind of hid in there or the track and they slid the door shut and sealed the door and he was just there for the trip. And as the train began to rattle down the track, all of a sudden James in his uh, comfort felt something run across his face. And it was something large and hairy and very leggy. And James, uh, you know, he all of a sudden his mind began to say, what was that? And so James, uh, as he sat there, he had a book of matches, Brother Wood, and he took out a, a match and he struck it. And as he held it up, he looked and behold, the train car was not only full of bananas, but it was full of tarantulas. 
And James began to get scared and frightened. And James, he all of a sudden, he got up and he ran to the door and he tried to jerk the door open, but the door was locked. And uh, he became more panicked and more scared and, and, and horror took over him. And he began to look around and all of a sudden, he, he got his book of matches back out and he was going to light some more, but he was shaking so bad he dropped them everywhere. And he just couldn't, he couldn't find the matches. And so James is stuck on a train full of bananas but full of tarantulas. And like most common sense people, he doesn't like spiders. And James tried to get out of his situation, but James couldn't get out of his situation. This article recalls that after he was uh, found that James had fainted several times out of panic. And, and by the time they finally stopped the car and slid the door back, the article reads that James was in Portland, Oregon. And he came out of that and he was hysterical. And they couldn't get the man to talk. And he, he was frightened. And the article goes on to say that James was actually admitted to the hospital for insanity because he had lost his mind because he was trapped in a boxcar of tarantulas. But as the conductors and the workers got to thinking like, what is wrong with this guy? They got up there and they began to look around and they began to pull the bananas back. And they began to pull the boxes of crates of bananas back. And Brother Segrist, in the back corner of that car, they found one tarantula. And I'm here tonight to tell you that James made a whole box car of tarantulas out of one. He allowed his imagination to run away with Him. And we live in a day and hour that is easy to allow your imagination to run away on you. Hey, I, there's, there's, uh, there's things in this world that will get you thinking ways you ought not think. And there's things in this world that will make you believe in things you ought not believe in. But if James would have just stood the course and said, you know what, I'm just going to wait and see what it is. But he allowed the things that he didn't know to dictate what he thought he knew. Amen? And we go over into the book of Genesis and we find Abraham. And he comes to Abimelech and he says, uh, Sarah, you tell him you're my half-sister because you're good looking. And if you're good looking, they're going to kill me and they're going to take you and I don't want that. So uh, sure enough, they get in there and here comes King Abimelech and he says, hey, bring me that woman. She's beautiful. And she gets in there and God visits Abimelech. And God says to Abimelech, don't, don't you do anything. If you do anything, you're a dead man. Hey, Abimelech, for whatever reason it was, had some kind of a relationship with God. And we're going to get into the valley of the kings here in a minute. But, you know, he, he, God sometimes will orchestrate your paths and you don't really understand why. Now, here's a man. He is a king. He is accustomed to getting what he wants, when he wants, and how he wants it. He saw a pretty woman. He said, hey, bring. But for some reason, God stopped him. And can I tell you tonight that, hey, sometimes God's going to stop us from getting what we want. And we may not understand why, but God knows why. And when he says, no, you can't have it, Lord, help me to say, okay, God, I understand. I'll, 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 whatever you say. And, and Abimelech goes down and he said, uh, in verse 5, said he not unto me, she is my sister, and she herself, he is my brother. And, and, and they were, they were half brother and sister. 
Uh, so he, he, he didn't have a life. Now, now Abraham is a slow learner because, you know, he did this back in Egypt. And uh, uh, it caused a little bit of trouble there. And so, uh, you know, even though we make the same mistake over and over again, I'm here to tell you that, hey, when, when you make a mistake, you've got a God that cares. Abraham did this before, and it didn't work out for him before, but he said, man, I'm going to try it again. And sometimes we're slow learners. I'm a slow learner. Sometimes you got to hit your hand with the hammer more than once to realize you can't nail it that way. Okay? You, sometimes we're slow learners. But God still had mercy on Abraham. And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for also withheld thee from I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. Therefore Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all of his servants and told all these things in their ears, and the men were sore afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham... And said unto him, What hast thou done unto us? Man, what have you done? Why did you do this thing to me? And what have I offended thee? What did I do that make you want to bring a curse on me? That thou hast brought unto me and unto my kingdom a great sin. Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not be done. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, what sawest thou that thou hast done this thing? Now, if you uh, understand the book of Genesis and read a little bit before Genesis, just a couple chapters, we go to the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Sodom and Gomorrah because everybody in here probably knows the story. Amen? And Sodom and Gomorrah was a wicked City And it was, a, it was a disgusting city and it was so disgusting that God decided to wipe it off the face of the earth. Amen. And Abraham, he was, he was around. He knew what happened. And, and all of a sudden Abraham found himself on a journey as we read in the beginning of this chapter that he had to uh, journey towards the south country. And as he began to walk through the south country, he began to look around at all the kings of the valley. Amen. There was, there was a handful of kings in that valley that were friends with Sodom and Gomorrah. Hey, there was, uh, there was a lot of things going around in the valley that ought not be going around in a child of God's life. And as, as Abraham began to go through the country and began to look at the idols and the, the, the worship of the false gods and all the things around, there was something in his mind that said, hey, I see sin all around me and surely King Abimelech is the same way. Surely this city is full of sin. Can I tell you tonight that just because what you see around you does not mean that there's not hope in the church. Just because somebody's quitting. Just because somebody's compromising. Just because somebody's giving up. Hey, I don't care what you see going on down the road or across the country. As for Neoso Apostolic Lighthouse, we're going to hold to the ways of God. We're going to hold, hey, I don't care what you see is popular in the religious world, but for apostolics, we're going to hold to the word of God. <laughs> Hebrews 12 and verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses, 
Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The pastor said it tonight. When you look up, you don't worry about the things around you. Hey, when you've when you got to get to looking at something, why don't we look to Jesus? Why, instead of looking around at everything that's going on around us that's not good and it's not going our way, I, I choose to look to God. I've, I'm not going to look to those that are backing up and quitting, but I'm going to hold and I'm going to look to the man of God that says, hey, I got the banner held high. That's who I choose to follow today. Hallelujah. Get your eyes off the world. Get your eyes off the negativity. And I'm preaching to me tonight. And get your eyes on Jesus. Look to the author and the finisher, the one that's got the pen, the one that says, hey, this, this story's victorious. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. But as we continue to read here, you know, Abimelech saying, hey, what is going on, man? How come you would bring this sin to me and to my kingdom? And he said, I don't care really what he was saying. Is I, don't, I mean, what, you saw all that and you assumed bad about me? In verse 11, and Abraham said, because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place. And they will slay me for my wife's sake. Because I thought. Hey, the battle, the Bible says that it's not, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers. We, we wrestle against spirits. And can I tell you the biggest battle, and I'm talking, this, this message is preaching to me. It's right here in the old mind, Brother Wood. Hey, I've thought things that people thought about me. And I, I, I just thought, hey, this is the way it was. And when I come to find out, I had all kinds of bad thoughts. Hey, that guy don't like me. And they're out to get me. And they don't want to see me do good. And they don't want me to be a part of the church. But that's the old devil working on your mind. And I've got to the house of God and I've had that brother that I thought hated me come up and wrap his arm around and say, man, I just want you to know that I love you. I want you to know that we can make it together. Hey, the battle's not out on the street. It's in your mind today. Hallelujah. It's in the mind. And we've got to put on the mind of Christ. But because Abraham thought that Abimelech was going to do him evil, he made a, he sinned against God. And if we're not careful today, we'll allow this imagination, young people. You'll say the young youth group don't love me. The people of God don't want me to be successful. They don't want to use me in the church. That's a lie of the devil. Hey, he ain't going to come in and grab you and jerk you out, but when he can start warring in your mind and saying, hey, you can't make it. You're not going to mount to anything. God's not going to use you. That's the enemy speaking to you. But I'm here tonight to tell you, don't let the thoughts dictate your dedication to God. Hey, Brother, Brother Samson says, hey, I don't, I'm not going to trade what I think I know for what I know. And I'm telling you tonight, the devil's going to feed you a bill of goods that says you can go out there and have a good time. And he's going to tell you, hey, the world loves me, but I'm here to tell you it's a lie. Don't let the thought, Brother McKeon, don't let the thought get you out of the church. 
Don't let what you think you know replace what you know. And I can tell you tonight that I know in the house of God there is hope. Hey, I struggle just like everybody. Hey, uh, my, my wife says, what are you thinking about? And I say, I ain't thinking about nothing. She says, you're lying. Because you're always thinking about something. Brother Trey, there's just always something in your mind. And sometimes I'm thinking on things that, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this and it's going to be great. And other times the devil, Brother Coderick, is messing with my mind. He's messing with my mind and I gotta, I gotta say, you know what? I've been around long enough that I know you're messing with me. But when you're a baby in Christ, you'll allow Satan to mess with your mind. When you, when you haven't uh, fought the fight and, and come out of the ring victorious a few times, the devil can mess with your mind. Why do you think these sports players talk trash? Why do you think they mess with you? Oh, they might be good. They might be better than you. But a lot of times they think, hey, this guy's pretty good. And if I can get in his mind, and if I can get him flustered, and if I can get him upset. You know, we were talking with Brother and Sister Plappert about, about uh, Bible quizzing and how these, these kids, they, and I don't understand all this, but they, they get in there and they win all these points right away. And what it does is it makes the other team feel like they're already behind before they ever get started. And, and, and it puts them in a panic and they begin to make mistakes. But tonight, the devil will want you to think you're behind. Hey, you're not doing it like the world's doing it. You're not cool like the world's cool. You're not, you're not cool like the rest of the religious world. We don't have our jeans and spiked wild looking hairdo and our heavy metal rock guitars up here jamming. You're not like the rest of the churches. Hey, I'm just telling you what I see. And they want to say, hey, well, they got 10,000, 5,000 people. You're not like, you, you ain't going to make it. That's the devil talking against you. That's the devil warning against you. Hey, we, we already, we're already, we've already won this battle because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hey, I'm serving the one that holds the keys, the death, hell, and the grave. I'm, I'm serving the one that's already victorious. He's, hey, he's already sitting on the throne. They, ain't go, they tried to kick him off once and it didn't work. And he, he said, hey, never again. You ain't going to mess with me. Hey, you're here tonight victorious in Christ. Don't let your thoughts dictate your walk with God. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 5 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. You can imagine things in your life. You can imagine the church don't love me. The church don't care about me. I'm over here. I'm sick. I'm hurting. They don't love me. The imaginations in your mind can detour you from living for God. But the Bible says cast them down. Cast them down. And tonight that's what some of us need to do. Hey, I needed to do it. This preached to me. I needed to take those imaginations and throw them away. Quit messing with my mind, devil. Quit messing with me. I'm a child of God. And I, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I casted them down and everything that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. 
Romans 12 and 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? How? By the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? You find yourself at an altar. Hey, uh, you turn on some good gospel preaching. I'm talking about good apostolic one God preaching. Hey, I'm not talking about all the things of this world that you can listen to that will hype you up. I'm talking about getting the word of God in your heart. Amen. We got a little app called Podbeam. That's what you need to be listening to, not YouTube and all this other junk out there. You need to listen to the preacher that preaches the word of God. And you need to put that in your mind. And by doing that, you're renewing your mind. You're renewing your mind with the word of God. And the word of God is life to your body. Hallelujah. It's the bread for your soul. And by instilling the word of God in your heart and in your mind, you're not famished and looking for something in this world to fill you with. But when you get the word of God in your heart, hallelujah, you got fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, I don't need the things of the world. I don't need the shows of the world. I need Jesus. Hey, have, do you have Jesus tonight? If you don't have him, he's here. Hey, I'm not talking about something I ain't experienced. This is real. Hallelujah. Amen. You could be seated. You've got to tell the devil, oh, and they'll make fun of you. But you just got to say, you know what, devil? Get lost. Get lost. Leave me alone. Oh, yeah, they'll think you're talking to yourself. <laughs> We've seen some of I see that all the time. See some people talking to themselves. Woo, it's a good part of the country to see that. Amen. But you got to sometimes, you just got to proclaim. You got to proclaim the word of God. Devil, you get behind me. Amen. Sometimes you just got to have your little talk with Jesus. Amen. When you're driving the truck down the road or you're hammering the board or you're running the vacuum sweeper or you're washing the windows or I don't know, fighting with your kids. I don't know what you're doing. But somewhere in there, you need to have your little talk with Jesus. Because the devil, when you're disgruntled and you're all busy with the world, that's when he slips a little voice in your ear that says, they don't love me at that church. They don't want me at that church. Man, we don't care how much money you got. We don't care what class you come from. Man, when I came to the church... And I was a boy, and I, I didn't grow up in this state. I grew up uh, in Wisconsin. But when I came to the church, I had nothing. I mean, I felt like I was the lowest of the lowest. I had no money to offer. We had no prestige. We had nothing to offer the church. And I'm not trying to be mean to my parents. My dad's been sick. Seems like my whole life he's, he's fought sickness. and my, They've just struggled. Struggled. But you know what? When they came into the house of God, they loved us. And they cared about us. And when, when I'd come visit here, I would just, they'd act like I was just one of them. And, and when, I didn't, when I moved here, Brother DJ, I didn't have nothing to offer. Everybody loved me. They brought me to the church. They, they wanted me to be involved in ball night. And they wanted me to be involved in the Sunday school. And they wanted me to go on the... And they made me feel like I was loved. And it's because I was. You don't have to have anything special to be loved here today. But if you're not careful, as Abraham said, because I thought, you'll think that you're not good enough. 
And you'll think that you don't have enough to offer. And you'll think that, hey, I'm not just right. Hey, we don't care about that. We want you in the house of God. We want you a part of the kingdom of God. It's not about growing the church. It's about getting you to heaven, honey. It's about you making it to see Jesus. Hey, it's not about how much you can offer the church, but it's about us offering you salvation and hope beyond the grave because I want to go to heaven with you. Hey, if you got a million bucks or ten bucks, it ain't going to buy heaven. But if you got salvation and if you got redemption and if you've got the Holy Ghost and you've repented of your sins and been baptized in Jesus' name, we're going to heaven. Woo, that's something to get excited about. Amen. Hey, Jesus loves you. Your pastor loves you. Your church loves you. Amen, you belong here. You belong in the house of God. Don't let the devil tell you you belong out there. You don't belong in the honky-tonk, in the bar, in the tavern, in the concerts. You belong in the church. Hallelujah. I refuse to allow what I see and what I think to alter what I know. Don't allow what you see and what you think. Don't allow it to alter the Word of God. Don't let human perspective alter the Word of God. You can't serve God on emotion. And I know we feel Him. And I know... There's something what Brother Charlie Wycliffe said. If you can get it and not feel it, you can lose it and not know it. And there's something that comes over you when you get the Holy Ghost. That sweet spirit. I mean, if, you, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you, sh- you should remember right where you got it. I could, I could take you to the building. I could walk you down the stairs as a, uh, I think, 8, 10-year-old boy. And I can walk you right to the little corner where I was standing when I got the Holy Ghost in a Sunday school program. Hey, I can take you there. And there was an emotion there. But if you're not careful, the fleshly emotions, the, the, the depression, the oppression, the sadness, the things of this world, you'll allow them to alter your mind. And by doing that, it can alter your walk with God. Isaiah 43 and 13 says, Yea, before the day was, I am He, and there is none that can deliver out of the hand. I will work, but who will let him? God wants to work on our mind tonight. God wants to work on us, but who will let him? Will you let God work on you? I'm going to let him work on me. Amen. We, we read of another man in the Bible called uh, Naaman. Amen. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 11 through 13, it says, But Naaman, now Naaman was, he wasn't just a nobody. This guy was the captain. He was mighty in battle. He was victorious. And we know the story. He was a leper. But Naaman was wroth when the prophet came out and said, Hey, you go to the Jordan and dip. And he said, Why can't I go to these other waters? Uh, in verse 12 it says, Are not Abana and Farfar or rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May not I wash in them and be clean? So he turned away and he went away in a rage. Because he allowed his mind to say, that's not the way I wanted it. That's not the way I thought it ought to be. I didn't get it the way I wanted to get it. So he allowed his mind to dictate his miracle. And can I tell you, hey, I sought God 
for many days about my bad foot, Brother DJ. And Brother DJ remembers this. It was over a year ago, year uh, 20, let's see, this is 23, so in, in December of 21, we were, playing, we were playing volleyball at the old gym, and I messed my foot up. I messed it up. And then it got to feeling better. A week later, and I went played again, messed it up again. And it hurt, Brother Jimbo, for a year and four months. And one Sunday night, you know what I did? I didn't allow, man, I got prayer for this several times. Brother Daniel, now I could numb it if I took enough ibuprofen and Tylenol. And bless God, when I was elk hunting, I took a pile because I was going up the mountain. But it, it, when I quit, it hurt. It hurt, Brother DJ. I mean, you remember seeing me, say, what did you do to yourself? And I'm like, man, I'm just getting old, I guess. But I didn't allow the devil to continue to, I still serve God. I didn't say, God, I'm not going to serve you because my foot hurts. Because I got plantar fasciitis or whatever it is. We want to put a name on it. And I went to the chiropractor and I, boy, I beat that thing and bought bands. And I worked it over and it just... I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to have surgery. But I said, you know what, I'm going to keep going for prayer. Every time there's prayer, I'm going to go get prayer. And when they, when they say, hey, if you need a, a touch, come get prayer. I went and got prayer. And I didn't get my healing. But you know what I did? I didn't allow that to affect my thinking. I said, you know what, I, maybe, I got, maybe, this is, uh, maybe this is dip number five in the Jordan. I'm going to keep the course. And one Sunday night, a preacher said, you know what I feel? I feel like we get us a little chair down here. And if you got a need, you get in that chair. And I come down, and I prayed for everybody and their brother. And I believe God was going to do a miracle for everybody. And when you stand there, you say, how can you pray for everybody else? And you stand there in need. And I said, man, I got faith. I know God can do a miracle. And I said, you know what, that's enough. I'm, everybody else looks like they're done. I'm climbing in this chair. And I said, I'm sick. I told Brother Zach and those that were standing around, I said, I'm sick of dealing with this foot. It's killing me. Man, it, it, it just it, it works me over. It hurts all the time. And I said, you know what? I want God to heal this thing. And I believe God could heal it. And I believe God could heal it every other time I prayed. But this night was a little different. But as that got down there and poured a little oil on that foot, and he began, they began to pray. And hey, you know, uh, if you know Brother Aaron, I'm a little bit of a skeptic. Uh, I like to call myself a, um, a realist. You know, it sounds better. But I said, you know what, I'm going to put this dude to the test. I want to, you know, try the spirit and see. And so, you know, I went to the gym and I ran a little bit and got out and I did some work around the house and went to Steal Your Dollar City and, and uh, climbed in mountains, this little short, fat dude. And uh, both my feet hurt. Uh, but usually the one hurts a lot worse than the other. And I said, man, that ain't enough. I'm just going to give it a little bit. I'm going to test it. And you know what? It's like naming. Man, I, I, you know, it, maybe it wasn't the fourth time. It wasn't the fifth time. But eventually, if you stay the course and don't allow the devil to say, you've got to live with that. You're stuck with that the rest of your life. And you know what? If my foot brother would still hurt today, guess what? I'd still believe God. I still would trust God. But then I got up out of that chair. I didn't know, but God was going to work. Hey, and sometimes you don't know. You don't know what's coming, but if you walk the faith, hey, and this old foot, it don't bother me no more. Hey, they both may hurt, but this one ain't killing me like it was, Brother McKeon, and that's a miracle from God. 
Hey, I want to tell you what the man of God says do, do it. Don't think about it. Do it. If it's in the word of God, he says, get in the chair. God's going to heal you. Get in the chair. God's going to heal you. And the prophet said, go to Jordan, the filthy river, and God will make you clean. And Naaman said, man, I'm too big. I'm too good. And you back up one verse in verse 11. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, behold, I thought. I thought he would surely come out to me. And stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. And strike his hand over this place and recover the leper. But Naaman just thought. He thought he knew how God was going to work. He thought, hey, he thought he knew how it was going to happen. But hey, God had another plan. And can I tell you tonight, uh, as they come to the music, just because you think it's going to be this way, or you think it's going to be that way, and you allow the mind to be played by the devil, I'm here to tell you tonight that you can be loose from that spirit that wars against your mind, that comes against your spirit. Hey, you can worship. You can live for God. You can worship Him. Hey, there's a miracle in the house. Don't let the devil play with your mind and say, I can't have it. I can't have it. I can't be safe. I'm here to tell you tonight, you can. Oh, hallelujah. Because I thought God was going to do it this way. I want you to say tonight in your mind and in your spirit, I believe and I believe that God's going to do it. I want your mind. I want the mind that is in Christ Jesus in me. Hey, he's my daddy. Hey, I want to think the way he thinks. I want to walk the way he walks. You may not know it, Daddy. Young people, you may not know it, but when you have kids, they're going to walk the way you walk. And they're going to act the way you walk. And they're act the way you act. And they're going to do the things you do the way you do it. And Jesus Christ is your Daddy. And I'm here to tell you tonight, don't think the way the devil does. Don't think the way... The devil wants you to think. You can come up here tonight and you can worship your way to a new mind. You can find it in an altar, but you need to get the mind of Christ. Hey, you are the head and not the tail. You are victorious. God says He's going to bless you when you go out and bless you when you come in. Hey, that's the mind of God. The, the, the devil would say, man, I'm going to struggle my whole life and I just ain't going to make, and I'm just going to struggle. If you allow that to be, so shall it be. But I'm here tonight to tell you, you can get a brain transplant. You can get the way you're thinking renewed. Hey, as a pastor would preach, you can get rid of that stinking thinking and you can renew it in the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's worship him. Hallelujah. David saw the lion and the bear and, the, and Goliath, but he said, you know what? I'm not going to allow it to intimidate me. I'm not going to allow it to bring me back, but I'm going to believe that God can deliver. What is it you need tonight? As we all stand across the church, I want you to get it on your mind. Hey, if you're struggling in your mind, if you're depressed, if you're oppressed, if you feel the devil's warring against you, I want you to come up here. Hey, I want you to raise your hands and say, hey, God, I want you to change my thinking. God, I want you to change the way I think today. Hey, I can be a new creature in Christ. I can be renewed in the Holy Ghost. I can have my mind changed tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, you might have done good for a while and tonight you're struggling, but I'm here to tell you this, that hey, that's not the end of your story. You can get your mind changed tonight. 
Hallelujah. When Naaman understood that his servant came to him and she said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then when he saith, Wash and be clean? Hey, if, if you could get your miracle by doing some great thing tonight, you'd easily do it. But I'm telling you, all you got to do is come to the front and raise your hands and say, God, take this mind of me. God, take this depression. Take this thing that's worn against me, and I want you to get rid of it. Oh, hallelujah, because I thought I want to think on the goodness of God. I want to think on the greatness of God. Just like that man named James, hallelujah, he allowed his imagination to dictate his outcome because he dwelt on the wrong thing. And tonight I'm telling you, you can get liberty in the house. Oh, come on. Where there's people, there's needs. And I'm not, I'm not... I'm not naive enough to know that the devil's not warring against somebody's mind in the house. I know he's warring against your mind. I know he is because that's where the battle's at today. But I'm here to tell you that you can be loose from that. You can be loose from that. You can be healed. Hey, you can be touched. You can have a miracle in your... You can have a family. You can have victory in Jesus. Come on, come on, reach out to him right now in Jesus. Of Jesus. And all he has done just for me.